0: So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD.
1: I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud
2: and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free.
0: Get lucky today at
3: LuckyLandslots.com.
2: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18
1: plus terms and conditions apply.
0: We are live. <laughs> Yay. this is uh, this is quite quite an awesome crew we have here. Hey, um, I'm RJ. This is HF Pod, but but more importantly, this is the this is the collaboration that everyone's been waiting months for. Not Tab and Goose, but the collaboration between HF Pod, always almost there, and the Great Beyond. And we have representatives from all three shows here today. Um, I guess I'll, I'll just quickly introduce everybody. Ryan Storm say hi Ryan hi. hello Brian Jive Goose thank you Howdy. for all you do welcome from Colorado Neil who is in Boston he doesn't like his Twitter <laughs> handle but you guys know him <laughs> as Majestic Hosewood. and then of course Greg Knight from the great beyond and lots of other things hi Greg
4: hey hey Bruce is here too right Bruce there he is <laughs> hey, Bruce. Hey, Bruce. <laughs> uh, this is
0: awesome awesome already uh we've been planning this for a long time, but just so just so everyone knows we're gonna be doing this after every tab goose show and uh thanks brian and and great beyond and uh, thanks to all you guys for being willing to to collaborate because um, this is fun um all right, so guys you actually three of you were there last night uh Brian and i were were at home so I'll, I'll just want to ask you guys what it was like kind of getting, getting ready to go into the show and, and all that. And, uh, anything, anything pre-show that you want to share?
2: Well, we got, um, we, we, my, my intent was to get uh Peter side seats as close as possible. So I could get a good view of that new vintage vibe stereo console, which if anybody noticed, that's like the big blocky amp thing that the vintage vibe is sitting on now. Um, Very exciting addition to Peter's rig uh, for me. But I I was very happy um, with uh, my seats. I was with uh, my family as well as uh, D from Always Almost There. Uh, It was my first time meeting him in real life, which was very exciting. He, unfortunately, is at the airport right now and is unable to join us for this recap. But I believe he will be joining us on Saturday. Um, But it was really, really cool. The vibe was great pre-show. D ran into Jeff on the floor who was just kind of walking around incognito as he tends to do. Um so, you know, it was funny to say hi. We were just right behind Rich and June Atkin. Uh shout out to them for being awesome. Uh introduced my mother. They had a nice, you know, Jewish parent moment, but uh it was just a lot of excitement pre-show.
4: Yeah. I I will agree. Uh the rail fam was out in full force. Uh, we actually stopped by the venue early on, probably around one o'clock. Um, Rick forgot a pedal, so we picked it up and <laughs> brought it to him. Um, you know, the show had to happen, so we uh, you know essentially saved the day but uh, it was it was cool to see everybody out you know at one pm. Um, and then of course, you know, the standard poster flippers were out too. Um, kind of sitting outside, so you know the vibe was strong, people ready to profit left and right. Uh, but the energy was tangible, uh, you know, I think. Prior to the start of the show, um, you could hear like the reluctant goose chant happening. You know, the 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 clear fish fans kind of doing it for the first time. Um, I love it. I feel like it's a win. Uh, but it was it was super cool. It was super cool. Um, and really, like just how convenient to have Rick and Trey on one stage it saves right? us so much time. <laughs> 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 yeah, and
1: Portland was uh, is an awesome place to see a show. Uh, everybody should check it out if they get a chance Uh, i was in a hotel right across the street from the venue i was had dinner at an awesome restaurant right before the show and then just very smoothly walked into the show to the floor I was like maybe three minutes to get in and and it was great
0: amazing i mean the 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 city itself is great and it's like what an awesome place to to kick it off um so let's talk about this goose set i mean the Mm -hmm. I, i was thinking earlier when i started i watched it all this morning not last night but um i think like the turbulence and atlas dogs those two songs to start are those really that was a great one too to to start it off i feel like those songs are both approachable and kind of you know they like can assuming that part of the audience has never seen or heard goose at least some people it's like a good intro um and um i guess oh sorry i just saw this comment um apparently it was 97 degrees inside which is i think it was
2: i, I heard I stories of that. i heard stories of like fish in 2016 that it was like a sauna in there it, yeah. it was it was fine last night um you know it, brian and neil at least know that i i'm a big shorts at the show guy um unfortunately i was not able to wear shorts last night because of how cold it was outside um but i, I was still it, it was still it was still comfortable so I, i'm looking forward to tomorrow though where it's gonna be like 20 degrees celsius here so i will be in shorts for lowell and mohegan
4: all right I have no idea what that means 20 degrees celsius yeah, yeah. Warm.
1: Warm. Not, not no, no one, do one does warm he does all this right, to right. us all the time yeah
0: <laughs> how many meters back were you ryan for when the show started that's all i want to know um what, what do you guys think actually brian just because we haven't heard from you yet i know you you do so much uh, keeping us informed i always check your Twitter feed when I want to know what goose is doing if I'm not at the show. So thank you for all that. Um, what, what'd you think of the opener and, and the first few sets of that songs of the set?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. RJ, uh, you're welcome for, for everything. Uh, and thanks for, <laughs> thanks for having us on. This is, uh, this is gonna be really fun. Um, so yeah. Uh, and I used to live in Portland by the way. So I'll just quickly echo what everyone has already said. It's such a great city. I really wish I could have made this show, but um, alas. So, yeah, you know, it's funny because heading into the show, you know, I was thinking a little bit about, you know, what strategically what they might, you know, put out there for this crowd. Uh, Because, you know, like you said, obviously you got to be a fair amount of people in that arena who's who aren't familiar with the music. Um, So when they opened up with Turbulence, I I immediately was like, oh, yeah, I mean, great choice. Such a great choice. Um, and it's funny because when we talk about that song in, in in various chat groups, everyone either says it reminds them of Billy Joel, uh, which which I totally hear, uh, or that it reminds them of Fish, uh, which I also totally hear. And so, yeah, I thought that was a really good song to to open up with because it's uh, it's it's upbeat. It has a lot of energy. They've been just absolutely crushing this song. Uh, You know, whenever we review a show with with Turbulence, it it always ends up being kind of a talking point of how hot it was. We talk a lot about kind of our preferred song placement. And this is one where we're always saying, yeah, I mean, open the set with it, close the set with it. You know, it's it's (laughs) it just has power. Um, So, yeah. And they crushed it. You know, I mean, I I was immediately thinking that Rick especially just sounded great. Um, You know, I was making a joke that, you know, he's clearly been been putting in 10 hours a day um I, you know on this on this off time but uh yeah crushed it and then um yeah I'll, i also noticed a nice little i don't know ryan if you noticed this but just at the very end of the outro peter just with a nice gentle little final Simple. few notes on the piano if you and will. it sounded really really cool I, I hope i hope that intentional or not you know i hope that that's something that they continue to do because i thought just a nice little touch at the very end uh But, yeah, fantastic opener choice. Uh, Loved it. Loved it.
4: Mm -hmm. Um, Can I wholeheartedly disagree? Oh. (laughs)
2: Um,
4: I I know know Bruce has
2: opinions on the beginning of this set, but I didn't really
4: hear yours last night. Yeah, Bruce is disgusted. Uh, No. (laughs) So I think, like, obviously, so proud of the guys, so proud that they are here doing their thing with Trey on a massive stage and performing the way that they are. Um, as someone who's been seeing turbulence in the night race since the Pseudo days, uh, I love the song and I, I, I like Billy Joel. If you want to join the show, you know, I like (laughs) Billy Joel as much as, as I like fish. Uh, but you know, my, my thing is I think coming out of the gates with a tour like this, there's a lot of people in the audience who are excited to see Trey, who have never seen goose before. Um, who maybe recognize that Arcadia song, perhaps slow ready for the for the dance moves on stage, mm-hmm. um, and a couple others, you know, loosely sprinkled in. Uh, obviously, these guys are playing their music that speaks to them, that speaks to us. This is why we're podcasting. However, I do think that there's some merit to not necessarily coming out swinging with an Arcadia with horns. However, setting yourself up for success... Uh, with something you know really well, like a type one jam vehicle, like Atlas. I think it allows you to like really loosen up, um, do what you know well, and really get the crowd on your side. And I think the turbulence was excellent, but I do think that folks were kind of like, oh, I don't actually know what this song is. And Ryan, you probably know how many times the Goose is in it live. It's not exactly wildly like, accessible on NUX, right? So it's not Nine so familiar. Nine times. Um, right. And so in a lot of shows, so, you know, I, and, and like great start. I also think the guys are busy right now, so they're not listening, which is why I'm being so transparent here. Uh, but I do, you know, I think like right out of the gates, in my opinion, and this is just cause I, I used to go to a lot of hip hop concerts, but like you want to grab the crowd immediately. And, uh, and I feel like the, the music was excellent, but I think there was a little bit of a question mark and because of that, the engines didn't really start revving until interesting. Avenue.
2: interesting cuz so i mean i just did a, a quick little quick little check on uh, august.net and turbulence has been played 9 times since it was debuted 39 shows ago so i think that's still like a fairly decent amount it, it's accessible if you look through this summers and this falls shows and i i think you know your point about them opening with a hit like maybe born or hunger side or slow ready etc um, I feel like opening with Turbulence is actually a better move because you go with a song that people aren't expecting, you know, that's like, you know, Fish going and you know, they're in this situation and they're going to open with Farmhouse because it's their most streamed song on Spotify. Like that, that's not always. <laughs> I
4: wouldn't make that. I wouldn't make that suggestion. No, definitely not.
2: Correct. It, it's not <laughs> yeah. always the right move to go with it. And I, I think Goose really executed, you know, the pre-tray portion of this set incredibly well, you know, in terms of a, this is the first night of the tour. We're going to appeal to the Fish fans that are watching on the webcast. We're going to appeal to the Fish fans that are in the audience, you know, the people that are not 100% sold, if you will. Um, and so I, th- I think these first five or six songs, like, you know, you get Turbulence, you get Atlas Dogs. Again, RJ mentioned both of these are fantastic songs, showcases, you know, the band's songwriting, a couple of, you know, more unique vibes at least you know everyone in the band sounding very precise very very fantastic Um, and then and then we dive into flea which then you get like the goofier side of the songwriting but you the trade-off there is oh here's our first jam of the night here's our first piece of extended improv and they built like you know they immediately like hi we're goose we're really good at tension release builds here's 15 minutes of some really phenomenal tension building and, you know, they deliver in that flea, you know, just peak after peak after peak crowds seem to be digging it. Um, but I, I think the way they started off the set, it was like really, really well. I'm guessing they're going to be taking it a different approach to it as the tour goes on. You know, once they like, OK, people have been webcasting for three, four nights down. Maybe we don't have to be as, you know, planned or or like we don't have to be marketing to new fans as much. But I think this was a amazing way to start off the tour to a bunch of new people.
3: So
0: that, thanks, Ryan. Um, Neil, what what did, what were your thoughts about the first half of the set or, or how that? I guess what Greg said that kind of got cooking with Electric Avenue. I got a couple of texts from friends who were there seeing Goose, I think, for the first time and enjoying that, uh, enjoying the Electric Avenue. It seemed like people people were really into into it. Um, <laughs> what was your take on how that? How that? Yeah. Ended? that set unfolded
1: you know the, the funny thing is I, I i do agree with greg like i i think they they could have come out swinging and i was like expecting them to come out swinging and when they when they played turbulence i was like wow i wasn't expecting that at all but i love the tune so i was really excited about that um the flea was very good i was excited about that also surprised that they played flea kind of in their first show on this tour but the yeah the electric avenue which is an insane what is it like six times this year they've played six Avenue now yep. Um, so that Most was, played. was really surprising. Like, you're gonna go out there and you're gonna play how many songs did they play? Eight in the seven, was seven
3: originals and Electric Avenue. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that surprised me out of all the covers they could have played. They played Electric Avenue, which they've been playing like a ton, but they got a really good jam out of this one, too. I got pretty, pretty into this one. I was excited about it,
2: and the crowd was loving it. Like, right. you know, we, we we talk about on on AAT, we talk about covers and. You know, Electric Avenue is definitely a hot topic um, a lot of the time, especially for Mr. Jive Goose over there. Um, but I, I think it was a great pick here. You know, I, at the beginning, I was kind of like, okay, like it's Electric Avenue again, uh, you know, whatever. But the crowd loved it. And, you know, you're going to play a cover. I think this is a great choice. You know, obviously, personally, I would have rather something like the way it is. Um in a slot like that um because they also slay that but you know rick rick's voice is so well suited to that song um and i think that definitely may have helped with the the conversion of some uh new people
3: yeah i you know i, I and i would say that electric avenue is probably more of an arena cover than yeah than the way it is maybe as well but let let, let me just say um you know yeah to to Greg's point, and not to not to continue this this whole thing, but that's how, kind of how I felt about Atlas Dogs. You know, I I, I had no problems with turbulence. Um, what surprised? Yeah, maybe a little bit. If you would have said, "Hey, what what are your five? Give me your top five guesses," that yeah. probably wouldn't have been in my top five. Uh, but I but I but I really. How many points did get
2: last night? Again?
3: I, we're not. No, we can't do that on this podcast. <laughs> no fantasy talk. Um, <clears throat> And uh, and also, I thought we were all here to agree. So, I'm we're well, getting this out of the way early.
4: It's locker room um, talk, right? But, but <laughs> yeah, it's
3: kind of about Atlas Dogs. I, w- I was more surprised to to hear that in in, in the two slot. Um, may, you know, maybe maybe the the triumphant uh, turbulence ending and then and then right into the composed intro to Flea might have been cool too. But um, but yeah. But anyway, yeah. I and, I and I agree with all the comments on Flea. I thought it was a really strong. You know, not too long, which I think we probably would have expected uh, that they're going to keep things you know somewhat on a, on a tight timeline. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good version. It also gave them an opportunity to kind of you know showcase a little bit of their tension and release kind of style um, that that I'm sure much of the crowd is familiar with. And um, and yeah, I thought I thought that's kind of. Um, you know, I thought the set was kind of moving along quite nicely by the time Electric Avenue kicked in. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, not a bad cover choice. We j- Ryan says we talk a lot about covers. Yeah, we joke a lot about covers. And, um, you know, the, the only question for me is, you know, when it comes to songs like Electric Avenue, which has been kind of it's been at the top of the most most played covers of the year, kind of most of the year, um, is why Electric Avenue six times? But, you know,
4: you no, me and my, my uncle's.
3: You know, yeah,
4: right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think if you're walking into this territory of these, these fan bases merging, uh, and Rob Storm had a good comment about uh, you know, Electric Avenue uh, circa 1982, good way to cap, catch the crowd's attention. I totally agree, but like, imagine knowing what they could do with like a half step or, a, or me and my uncle, like taking I, that for a walk.
2: I think half steps coming. For sure. Oh,
4: I think so too. I mean, I barely know the band at all. <laughs> I don't know the <laughs> guys at all. So, I yeah, no guarantees. Uh, but you know, I, I just think, and I could be overthinking this. I'm really sensitive. Uh, but just out of the gates, like, you know, Trey Trey has nothing to prove here, and Correct. he certainly proved that he can really really hang. Um, and like, I love I love all the new stuff. Um, but I just you know I think imagine if there was a drive one in the first you were, you were, looking, for like, some you were looking for the energy would be through the bangers. roof you know and yeah and, and like listen yeah life can't be all bangers i get it but you know, i think well placed bangers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> greg <laughs> greg do you
0: know um do you have any insight into kind of how they got prepared for this tour it, just in terms of repertoire or is it really just like rehearsing a, as any tour i mean and I guess that's related to, do you think the song selection and, and rotation will be similar to to usual?
4: So I think, I think for the most part, it was actually business as usual. Um, there was not, not as much opportunity of collaborative rehearsal. Um, I think the idea going into this was that there would be more. Um, so that's really, I mean, it's really resulted in like a couple days of tech and rehearsing and making peanut butter and chocolate uh, kind of on the fly. Um, but I think what we're gonna we're gonna probably see is the guys are gonna be riding high off of what was an excellent fall tour um, and kind of sitting in 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 what they've been doing well in that sense or three minute hunger sites like they played in L.A. <laughs> that
0: uh, that's a whole different topic. We'll have to talk about that <laughs> another time because I'm mm-hmm. I'm still confused about that. But um, all right, so tumble is a is a good another another fifteen minute jam they get into um, that one I, though. Yeah,
2: I think best non sit-in jam of the night for sure. You know, they, they get into that churning theme with the, yeah. with the dual guitar um, that we didn't see a ton of uh, during fall tour. So really excited to see kind of they're touching that darkness a little bit again, hopefully that, 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 that continues throughout the rest of the tour. But I, I think this tumble uh, definitely lots of re listen value there.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. It, it's really good. And i I want to ask you, Brian, um, just based on not being there, like I usually listen to fish tab goose shows on nugs or, or live fish the day after I typically don't watch webcasts <laughs> just because of the way my life works with kids and stuff. But um, it's, it's sort of, I feel like last night, like I had to watch it this morning. Like, I don't think you can listen to th- then there's the thing where you have to like listen to one set on one place and one set on another place. Yeah. But are you, Brian, are you going to watch, all the shows like will you always watch all the shows and do you think you can kind of capture the or understand the the vibe and and what's happening without watching it could you just listen to these two sets on different platforms and kind of like get the same feel as if you were watching the webcast
3: uh so okay so first question yeah i'll probably be watching all these um live as they happen um and and you know i that's just how i like to do it anyway i I don't want to miss it you know i don't i i just I don't want to wait if I don't have to, you know what I mean? I want to know, I want to know what they played, how they played everything. I mean, I just, I just got to know, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, I'll tune in live and yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. I I think for these types of, I think for these types of shows, I think the visual um, does provide more value than maybe if they were, you know, a show in the middle of fall tour somewhere. Um, And I think, I think part of why I say that is, you know, I mean, the, the, just the size of this venue, uh, the size of the stage, the, 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 the light, you know, everything was, was visually, um, you know, a little bit of a, of a, of an enhanced or a different experience than camera work than, too. Yeah. 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 Well, so, that's an interesting
2: point too, because it's, you know, it's the live fish crew doing the, uh, webcast. You know, we don't have Danny on stage with the moving cam as normal coach, not directing, You've got like there was like a, a moving robo cam on the side of the stage. You got people with the the big professional looking video cameras on their shoulders around. So I, I haven't gone to the the video yet, but I, I'm excited to see what that looks like, you know, versus what we're used to with Goose.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um okay, well we I guess anything else, Brian, on that point before we keep going
3: no no i i think that sums it up yeah i mean i think everybody is going to want to watch these if at all possible
0: yeah yeah the so western sun it was next that that's one of my top top two or three goose songs but yeah you know we we got to get to this the sit-in um neil, i was getting
2: antsy by the time western yeah. sun rolled around i was like where's
0: trey right. <laughs> yeah where? yeah and you know the so neil tell us about the this the sit-in uh maybe start with the all i need but uh just tell us about those those two songs from your perspective.
1: Um, well, I mean, they're incredible, right? I think this this is the centerpiece of this whole show is these two songs that we're going to talk about now. Um, I think, you know, Brian and Ryan can attest to this. I, I just went insane in group chat. I, I lost my mind. I, I wasn't expecting yes. Trey to come out and do all I need, you know, for the first show of the tour. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was ecstatic. Uh, and then, you know, when they followed that incredible jam, you know 22 minutes of, of that tune with a pancakes I also wasn't expecting that so I mean and then there was some really I mean and, and both very very good playing but um, there was an awesome amount of of Trey and Rick listening to each other and playing off of each other in that pancakes that was just so satisfying it was great and it was a really really short pancakes I think that might be like the shortest like pancake pancakes they played yeah without like going into another song like a standalone pancakes. Very short, but very good. And I'm going to go back and listen to that a ton. But, yeah. oh, man, it was, I mean, it was something else. I was so excited. Yeah. I wouldn't
2: I, say that yet. So I, as, just just curious, how does, just off of last night versus Radio City, um, how does the sit-in compare? Because I know you, you were at Radio City and so was Greg, but how, yep, how, yep. Does it, how does it compare being in the audience for both of those sit-ins? sit-ins? You know, how does that stack up?
1: Well, I think audience reaction at Radio City was much, much stronger, obviously, because it was like unexpected, even though somebody gave it away, Um, but (laughs) I'm not going to name any names. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, so the crowd reaction wasn't as intense, but I I think in terms of experiencing the music, this music was far better than the music that was played at Radio City, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I I think, you know, the amount they, they practiced together was obvious. Um, just Rick and Trey just sounded even better together in this one.
0: Yeah. They, they got into it a lot faster, too. I mean, it's never going to get old for me to see Trey coming out and playing with Goose. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, you could see Trey on the webcast, at least, just paying really close attention to what Rick was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think in the tab set, when they sat in, Rick was doing the same. Like, just really looking at him. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, clearly they're, like... But then they once they start improvising, at one point during the jam, like, Tray soloing, and then he like looks at Rick, like, "Come on, let's let's join back in." Let's you know, like, okay. and it, it's man, so so fun. Also, I think Trey is also based on conversations I've had and, and what I've heard. Like, he's a fan of Pages since, you know, and and he likes the effects. And you could tell last night that he was really into the he was into the club. He was into oh yeah, how he how was like really be? into that. Yeah, Ryan, what what were your uh, what did you think of that? That all I need so.
2: I basically was just, you know, losing my mind for 20 minutes. Um, I, you know, it, it immediately exceeded every single one of my expectations. You know, at Radio City for Hunger Sight Arcadia, Trey had all of the chord changes taped to his amp in front of him. It was clear. There was very minimal preparation there. This one, you know, from from what I've seen, he just had a teleprompter for lyrics. Um, and that, you know, it seemed that he ha- was very well rehearsed on All I Need uh, knew knew the riffs and, you know, where to go in the song, which was really cool. You know, I guess he's been spending some time uh, over the fall, like listening to tapes and learning the songs, which, you know, is very, very exciting. And it, it's crazy because, you know, they weren't, you know, Greg, it, you mentioned that they had very minimal prep time together, mm-hmm. which is really interesting because they sounded like they've been playing together for so long. Like Rick and Trey, especially, you know, we keep talking about, my dad uh, likes to use the word guitar um, that kind of like Almond Brothersy sound with the dual lead guitars just absolutely dialed into each other. And Rick and Trey had that all night, which was incredible. And yeah, that that clav part of the jam when, you know, Trey and Rick are playing off each other like crazy, and then Trey turns over to uh, Peter and is like, you know, on, on the wall with that, like, crunchy tone, like kind of trading licks with the clav. Like, it was just – it was crazy. And they got into that darker jam and peaks and just – it was incredible. I, I' you know losing my mind
0: greg, were you were you losing your mind?
4: I was, yeah, um no <laughs> I, you know i think I think watching such an experienced improvisational musician like Trey really navigate a long jam with goose um was pretty special. you know, there were really some of those jedi moments um where he could you know he could drive things in a certain direction that was very subtle. And I'm thinking, you know, if I'm an apt musician like Rick or Peter, anyone in Goose really, like, and I've been listening to Fish for my whole life, I think you kind of have, kind of have that like subtle. I know where this may go. I know may, where Trey may may want to take this, and it's got to be pretty cool. Um, I think for Trey to be playing with some musicians who kind of understand that, and they're not just the other three guys in Fish. Um, and so to to kind of hear things go in a direction that is naturally Trey and have Peter follow and Rick follow. um, It it didn't sound like it was just kind of classic goose, which was, which was super cool. Um, My question is like, I'm wondering if it will work out um, if we can get a jam where it's, you know, Rick, Peter, and Trey on guitar. Um, Like, is there space for all of them to coexist?
2: Well, yeah, they, they did that at Radio City for Dripfield. um, Right. And
4: Dripfield is like, you know, whole lot of sound. Um, I feel like they can. Yeah. Um, But I want, you know, I I would love to see that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Drive.
2: Somebody, I, I forget, I forget who it was. I think it may have been in the, in the jam bass recap of last night, but some, somebody mentioned about, you know, Trey living out his like dream for a two guitar band, which, you know, he's talked about a lot is like, he loves playing in a two guitar band. And I think it's so evident that he loves playing with Rick because you know, Rick is a guitarist who understands how to play with another guitarist on stage. You know, not stepping on his toes, giving him space, but also contributing ideas. Like, you know, they're throwing musical ideas, finishing each other's uh, sentences. Like, just, yeah. Trey just seemed so happy throughout both amps and just so dialed in and yeah, made me very happy.
0: Yeah, I mean, and he, you know, for the sit-ins with... Like going back to Neil Young, to you know Derek Trucks. I mean, he loves playing with Derek Trucks. He loves playing with these guitarists who he knows, like listen and are great. You know, I mean, it's yeah, it's they're clearly, especially in the sit-in, the the end of the tab set. It just seemed like everyone was like just having so much fun, and we'll we'll talk about that. But it just looked like a pure joy from everyone. Um, I noticed that, so Trey was wearing in ear monitors during the the sit-in, but then he was wearing them for the tab set also. Like he doesn't wear them with fish, and I guess I don't know when that started, but I knew that he he never had until yeah. recently. It was uh,
4: the second time in his, I think, second or third time in his career. Yeah, um, he
2: wore them. Mexico 2020, I think, is the only mm-hmm. time he's worn them with fish.
4: We had we had uh, the pleasure of of seeing some of the crew after the show, um, and our, our good friend Sam was doing monitors. You know, and he said Trey walked off. After his set with a big smile, um, and said, "You know, we've almost got this figured out," which I guess is, is positive. <laughs> um, but yeah, it should be interesting. I had no idea that Trey didn't play with ears. Um, and I sh- it should be interesting to kind of hear him enter this world.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It. Um. All right. So, so the tab said, "Do you guys have thoughts?" I mean, Ryan, I know you you've seen Tab before, right? Twice. Yeah um neil have you you seen tab are you familiar with tab
1: uh i this that was my first tab show i've been seeing fish since 1993 but that was my first tab show and like my brother was joking before the show we went together he was saying like you know trey finally tricked me into going to see tab but um (laughs) i just had never gone out of my way to do it um and i'm glad that i did
0: yeah i mean it's it's a different experience I, I think tab shows are so fun they're they're like my wife who goes to a lot mm-hmm. of fish shows with me also she loves tab they They're it's like it's it's fun it's easy it's like you're not going to really get those moments when you're like lost in what's going on like if you're if you like songs and you like horns like it's it's great and that kind of that's how they started that that set last night which was which was all sort of you know classic tab um any highlights from you guys before we talk about the the sit-ins?
2: Everything's right. Uh was awesome. You know, Trey uh had some amazing playing in that. Momo with Dezron live blew me away. Um, you know, De Desron was really kind of what I was zeroed in on. He sounded great from where I was sitting, but yeah, he was just holding down
4: that low end. It was it was awesome. I thought it was great. Um, But I also kind of related to what I was saying about the goose set. I think set your soul free really out of the gates. It was like, okay, this is why Trey is so good at this. You know, like Trey came in and commanded the room um, and the band fires at all cylinders on set your soul free. So Mm -hmm. it was a really, really, really strong start. Um, Yeah. I mean that, but like, just, I think I was similar to Ryan. Like I was kind of just going crazy the whole time. Um, everything's right for sure. Sand was pretty good too. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, Neil, so that was your that. What, what was your experience like at this?
1: What's uh, what's well, it? so it was interesting for me. I had to move. Uh, there was some like aggressive crowd movement going on where I was, and uh, it became inhospitable. Uh. So I had to move back by the soundboard which was interesting. So that was like right around MoMA dance when I did that and got back there and kind of settled in and yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, it was pretty good. That was, well, I lied. I, I've seen Ghost of the Forest before, so it wasn't really the kind of my first like kind of non, non-fish yeah. um, uh, tray thing. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, a tab show is interesting insofar as you just get a lot of songs um, and, mm-hmm. you know, some jams mixed in and the horns are just amazing um you know i had just seen them when they were at filling friends with with rick and the horns and everything they do is just so impressive um so i mean it was super fun
0: yeah yeah i think i've seen seen people i guess who don't often see tab um on the internet today saying that it it felt like overproduced which i just think is funny and i I hate to do this but if you listen to our podcast we did with Trey last year Alive again you you kind of like understand where this where this band came from which is mm-hmm. like Sun Ra and and like the classical training that he did and all the stuff that he has done you know leading up to whenever he formed this 98 or whatever like that's what he was envisioning right this like big band big collaborative band with a lot of moving parts and I just think it's interesting to think of it as overly produ- – it's just like it's not super improvisational. I guess that's the point. It's more yeah. structured and a little bit more predictable than a fish show.
2: Yeah, but that, that's, not, that's not the intention of a tab show. Like, you know, Trey, obviously, we know from the, the tour with Fishman last fall um, and from what I've heard uh, that they do at Soundcheck sometimes, you know, they have the capability to go out in these crazy long extended jams if they want to but i think trey likes just you know going out with tab playing songs having fun you know playing some of his other material that he doesn't play with fish um and also taking new spins on fish songs which you know P- you, you hear a lot of people complaining that tab is playing too much fish now after you know after the beacon jams and so many of these songs got kind of reworked for that setting but like i love the way moma sounds in a tab setting it's very different than the fish one too like you know Russ and uh, Desron approach that groove very differently than Fishman and Mike do. So I feel like it's it's not really the same song. And like you know, with with the backing vocalists on it, like it's just it's a whole different experience. And you know, you go in and it's just fun. You know, I I hadn't I haven't really heard "Roll Like a River" um, very much, but I really enjoyed that last night. Um, You know, I I think. watching part of the webcast from uh chicago uh, a couple of weeks ago i really enjoyed um you know some of the newer the the mercy songs a couple of the ones that he played so i i think there's a lot about tab that's amazing and you shouldn't be going in expecting a 25 minute everything's right because that's not what you're going to get if you go in expecting to have a lot of fun with a lot of eight to 12 minute songs amazing
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're executing compositions essentially. Um, It's just, it, it, they're different. They're different. It's a different kind of composition than what you think of when you think of fish and, you know, the composed sections of Reba and that kind of thing. But, but that's what a lot of these tab songs are though, right? They're just, they're, they're pieces of music with composed sections for various instruments Mm -hmm. and they go out and they execute that. So, yeah, I agree. And it's always nice. I mean, you you do generally get, you know, some extended jams with tabs. So you, you kind of do get the best of both worlds, you know? So, yeah, yeah like Matthew said, you know, some people just aren't, uh, aren't always the greatest at this stuff, you know?
0: <laughs> um, I, even like Magilla, one of the stories that Trey told in, in this podcast we did with them about Magilla it was taking Magilla and arranging it for Tab. And uh, Hart, Jennifer Hartswick told the story about how, they'd been up for a few days or at least Trey had and, and took seven hours to arrange this three minute song for, for the, the tab lineup. So like, you know, he takes this stuff seriously. And, and I think all the arranging basically of all these songs is done by Trey. So like, it's, it's clearly a creative outlet for him just like writing split up and a melt or something, you know, just like, it's, it's yeah. another kind of way to, to get creative and some of these things get rearranged like in between tours, which is just crazy. Like they, I mean, to me, but you know, I'm glad he does it and not me. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian watching at home, the Wolfmans, that's when we, we get the sit in. Um, what, what was your, what was your take on that?
3: Uh, so, so yeah, it was great. I, you know, I was, I wasn't fully tuned in to, to the whole set. You know I mean? I definitely, I had it on, but I was, you know, I was on Twitter a lot and I was catching up with some other stuff and, um, but I was, so I was waiting, I was waiting to see what was going to happen with, with sit-ins. Uh, one of my, one of my sources on the floor, um, you know, one of my majestical sources <laughs> was, was saying, hey, the guys are right behind me. And this is mid set. He's like, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to happen. These guys are, these guys are out here in the crowd right behind me. Um, and then a few minutes later, it was like, they're gone. They just, they just rushed away. Um so, yeah so so we so we started to get excited. and uh, yeah, yeah, i loved I loved seeing them come out for for something like Wolfman's. Uh, you know that was that we, and just another bunch of questions that we had, you know, what will what will any goose members play with tab? like what what does that look like? and you know, what are the potential song choices? Um, so Wolfman's, and it makes sense. It's kind of got a nice, nice, easy, straightforward progression that they can just kind of stretch out as long as they want. Uh, so yeah, so very cool to see those guys. The, 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 let me just say one more thing about like Trey and Rick, what's so crazy about Trey is watching him, his, eye, he's not looking at Rick's hands. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times when you see people, uh, you know, playing together on stage, guitar players, especially, they'll be staring at each other's hands and the fretboard. Trey just stares at Rick's eyes and, and, because he just hears everything. You know what I mean? It's yeah. about, that. That's like the most Jedi thing talking about Jedi. That, that's the Jedi move right there. I mean, he doesn't need to look at the instrument. He's, he's looking at his eyes and he's probably picking up some something emotively through the eyes as well, but he's just hearing everything. And the, he, from hearing it to reacting to it is so fluid and so quick. Uh, and, you know, it's really impressive. And the fact that it was so impressive going both ways between these two, I mean, it's it's. I mean, obviously, I'm a big goose guy, but it's Rick really is has, has really impressed with each of these sit-ins with with Trey. I mean, it's yeah. it's really blown me away.
2: Just for the record, anybody who may doubt uh, Jive Goose's credibility talking about Trey and Fish, he did the whole winter 1997 European tour. So just just in case there are any 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 <laughs> doubters out there we should he's have got, had you
0: on for 21797
3: Brian <laughs> fuck i had signed a contract uh, with storm sound when i talked about <laughs> 21797 on that show That's so i'm not going to talk about the classic the
0: classic compete with storm sound i've heard of it <laughs> heard about it
4: um,
0: oh, what what else greg what about what do you think of that the the sit in i mean
4: Um, I do want to quote Bruce and say that Rick does have beautiful eyes. So I'm sure Trey really did enjoy (laughs) staring into them. Um, I think Wolfman's was a really strong start, like kind of like you were saying, easy to chew on. Um, But can we talk about Slow Llama? Like that was so awesome. Um, Yeah. I mean, I had like a little bit of a uh, speaking of kind of a hostile crowd, um, the dude next to me who who. Who fell into the row in front of us multiple times? Uh, really, yeah. really, he was uh, fine. Was he was Bruce? okay. Um, it was, it was. Uh, Bruce was on the other side. Of him. Um, but uh, you know, he, I think he was saying during. Council. Uh, tra- he's he's Bruce's lawyer, right? Yeah. Um, so he was saying during during Trey said like, if they play llama, my shirt's coming off. It didn't, um, but easily it easily could have. Uh, I mean, that slow llama was incredible, and I think. Um, you know, regardless of me reconciling Turbulence, I was like damn, this is really why we're all here and this is so, so cool like I've, you know, I, I think I had to just kind of zoom out for a second and realize actually what was happening um, mm-hmm. and it was, it was great, um, you know, and then I think the first tube um, also guitar harmony abound um, and it was really, really dope to see Trevor have that wow. shining moment without sunglasses on. He, uh, was wearing sun- and- no, he
2: was wearing sunglasses.
4: I don't think so. But uh, you I were closer than lower. I was. So, yeah. Am I crackling here? Crackling. Oh, there he we might,
0: go. Might be you, Greg, but it's okay. Maybe it was Neil.
4: I'm back. There we go. Maybe it was Neil. Um, yeah. So, I tr- sunglasses aside, I think the first one was great. <laughs> It
0: was so good. The the slow llama, I mean, with, with Rick Rick soloing there. I mean, clearly they were just having fun. And it's funny to see like Peter and Ray and and Jeff is on with Zero. I mean, everyone yeah. was just the, the stage was packed, but it sounded cool. I mean, Trey's used to with Tab, you know, having a lot of people on stage, but this was a this was this was quite a crowd.
2: Yeah, and, and Llama, that that like envelope filter bass intro from Desron was so cool. I love that. Um, but yeah, in, during llama, you know, I, I was like, where's Trevor? Like, is he just side stage? Just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh but I, I, loved seeing him get up there with Desron, uh, you know, and lead off first tube. That was really cool. I loved, uh, one section, you know, Peter threw in like a little fill on, uh, Ray's Whirly Worley, uh, during first tour, first tour, first tube, which was really awesome. It was and, first tour
0: though. I don't know.
2: Um, I would also like to uh, point out a little bit of, of stats here. Um, the last time members of Goose played First Tube, at least uh, from what is recorded on elgoose.net, um, was November 23rd, 2016, which is a gap of 456 shows. So a little bit of geekery for you all there.
4: Where was that two, uh, 2016 show? O'Neill's. Oh, yeah. Yes, hundred percent. We could do a whole episode. We could do a whole episode on that show, uh, uh, or just that locale. Um, but yeah, I think one of those things, though, really is. Um, and Bruce and I were talking about this. First tube was in the rotation early on. It was in the rota- rotation for for Vasudo as well. Uh, and so to to just see these guys playing these songs that were so formative for them, um, it's just mind blowing. So you know will try oh. arrange Yem for the tab. Oh. we'll have to find out.
0: We're going to find out. Um, and Bruce, um, I World appreciate Goose Bruce. I appreciate Bruce constantly commenting. Um but Bruce you you do need to show up and talk at some point this tour so. <laughs> so again, this it's again that's a contract. contractual contractual <laughs> obligation. Um what do you guys this is a good question from Andrew's watching on YouTube. Um, what how was the vibe in the crowd? Did it feel like a mixing of of parties or was it just a bunch of people hanging out I and mean, what what was it like from everyone's perspective?
2: People were really really excited you know I think definitely we talked about you know tab following goose maybe a little bit of a of a lull in terms of you know what's going on on stage like you know you go from that all I need pancakes to then you know an hour or so of just amazing tab stuff, which it felt like you know some of the crowd maybe was a little bit less engaged for that. But, you know, once, once they got on stage, you know, Wolfman's, I feel like started out a little bit rocky, but as they got that jam going, it was just the energy built. And, you know, as, as the jam peaked, it was just, everyone was like, yeah. And then for the whole encore, the crowd just felt like so dialed in, so excited about what was going on. It was incredible.
4: Yeah. I like how that, I mean,
1: it seems to me in both sets, that it started pretty slow and and crowd involvement was pretty kind of mellow and then as each set went on it got more and more kind of amped up but that second the, the tab set definitely had an arc to it where mm-hmm. it really ramped up fast towards the end there
0: that's awesome and maybe maybe a, um there's a comment from brian chomper level was very low sound was great i that i feel like that might those things might increase over time as we get further away from Portland, Maine, you know, once you get down to like Mohegan and, and Fairfax and, you know, you might, you might have more people talking, but hopefully not. I do think going to, if you're going to the show, I guess there are people who are going just to check it out and see what it's like, but I think you have to, to really like want to see both of these bands to to go to the shows, but um, you know, we'll see what happens. What do you guys, what do you guys want to see in terms of collaboration on either side or like I'm sure we all have lots of things we'd like to see, but what, what comes to mind first? Uh, Neil, what do you start?
1: Uh, I, I don't know. There's a few things that I'm looking forward to that I'm hoping happens. I think there's some speculation out there that a Ghost may be played, um, and that would be cool if that happens with Goose. I'd be really yes. excited about that. Um, I don't know, Trey doing Wisteria might be pretty <laughs> amazing. Um, so if that happens on this tour, I'll be more than happy.
0: But uh, those are the two things I think I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: Brian, Brian, what about you? So uh, you know, I'm really excited to see the horns come out during Goose's set. Um, I have, I, I just feel like that's got to happen at some point. Um, so a lot a lot of choices uh, for for that particular uh, sit-in. Uh, I was, so, you know, Greg, you mentioned Jive One earlier. I was Jive One's one of my. of my hopes for having the horns come out and play with i think that i think that would be super sick especially the jazzy parts and Mm. uh, i think that would be really awesome and then uh we were talking about this earlier um during that kind of encore that tab encore where both all of both bands are on stage maybe a goose song gets played at some point during, during that uh you know that that would be really cool um so yeah so i mean look the the awesome sit-ins are going to happen now it's just like oh what you know what songs are we going to get and uh it's going to be amazing either way no matter what they choose
0: ryan do you have thoughts on the on specifics
2: yeah i I did just kind of give that away um but i i do want to see uh definitely brian like i want to see in that tab encore slot like they all play a goose song and i would love to see trey play uh a fish song with goose like i think neil you mentioned ghost ghost would be incredible trey with goose i feel like they would kill that song um you know clav um you know i i think also jive Two um with one or all of the horns would be great you know we have the experience of hearing that when they did it with grippo which was phenomenal and i would love to see if they get like james out there for like a long jam as well like you know with grippo they had that creatures they had that uh opening flea where they got into that extended jam territory with the sacks and i would love to see that happen again uh fifth of beethoven with grippo was phenomenal um you know so it would be cool um and then with tab uh, i would love to see animal with everybody as like a a show closer i think that would be awesome
0: nice greg do you have anything to add
4: dark horse with zero Um, Um, on flippers you know (laughs) <laughs> I also think uh yeah I think a, definitely a dark horse with percussion because goose had percussion you know in and out over the years and it really always augmented um dark horse and I what think is Jeff to you I well no I think I think jeff mentioned it yesterday that he really really had a blast playing with zero so I think that they're gonna be super locked in um and they've, they've actually had very similar training um to get where they are and so I think they they have like this mutual admiration society. Um, I think a classic hot tea with tab horns in the similar style of radio city would make a whole lot of sense. Uh, And then I think both bands combining for 2001.
0: All right. (laughs) All right. Yeah. We got to hear some of like the, the horns, like they were arranged on the album, right? That's going to, it seems like that would happen at some point, but these are, this all sounds great. I'm just excited to watch and listen to another show and, you know, a matter of hours or days, whatever it'll be soon. Um, but most importantly, the collaboration that everyone's been waiting for, like I said, at the beginning, which is the combination of our three shows has happened. So, you know, tab and goose is cool, but you know, this is, this got is, nothing on this, not nothing on this. Um, all right, guys, thank you guys so much. Thanks everybody for listening and watching. we had an awesome crowd. Thanks for contributing all the comments. We'll be back. Again, I guess that's gonna be Saturday. Saturday. Three o'clock. Three o'clock. Let's talk about the Friday night show. And um hopefully oh, yeah. we'll get this crew and maybe some others in here too to to talk with us. So um and we'll be releasing all these shows uh via audio through the through all the shows. So all of them. Tell yeah, every every <laughs> podcast. So there are there
2: are like 18 different ways to watch and or listen to this. At
0: least. At least. <laughs> We're trying. We're trying to cover all our bases. Um, all right, Greg, Neil, Brian, Ryan. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching. We'll see you guys soon.
4: See you Saturday. Later, y'all. Peace. Peace. Osiris.
3: tag team jane child meredith brooks looking glass sean mullins Eiffel 65 emf crash test dummies crazy town chumbawamba we have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week so pass the Dutchie, make sure you're connected and subscribe to one hit thunder wherever you get your pods ever wonder what a punch from elton john feels like or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in nirvana or what signal keith richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11.